Hey everybody, it's your favorite reconstructionist, Eric Brown and Phil Relly, and welcome to episode number 10 of the one and only show bringing you tips and tricks for working vehicle collision cases from the best experts in the industry every Wednesday. Today's topic is where the rubber meets the road. So grab your expert angle coffee mug and settle in. Three, two, one, off we go. Every year, traffic crashes claim the lives of over a million people and account for over $500 billion of injuries around the world. A small select group of people from police to attorneys to expert investigators are tasked with getting justice for the victims, protecting the rights of involved parties, and ensuring the story is told accurately and honestly. Unfortunately, we believe that is an impossible task without the right team of experts. If you agree, then keep on listening for actionable tips from leading experts across various industries that you can start taking today to elevate your professional game. If you disagree, then tune in anyway and let us convince you with our ideas. We are Eric Brown and Phil Rally, and this is Crash Tech, the expert angle. Welcome back to the show, guys. Crash Tech, the expert angle podcast is brought to you by Crash Tech Reconstruction Services. If you have an accident that you need answers for or you think the other side has it wrong, Crash Tech can help. Connect with us at www.crashtechreconstruction.com to submit your case for a free review. I am... Super excited about this show today, Phil, because we have arguably the best tire expert in the world with us today. So we TJ, are very fortunate. Yeah, TJ, don't talk yet. Phil, don't take his don't take his gag off yet. Just leave it on for just a minute. All right. Well, I can introduce. We him. had to kidnap him to get him on the show. Yeah, I mean, like people. Yeah, folks. These these people don't come on our show voluntarily. So TJ is like in the trunk right now. So give us a minute. We're going to introduce him, and then we'll let him loose. If you hear sirens at any point. Just don't worry about it. It's fine. So, but no, uh, guys, today we got TJ Tennant with us on the show and TJ is is amazing. I've got to know him here over the last couple months and uh, what a fantastic guy. Like I said, arguably in my mind, he is the leading tire expert in the world. I mean, this guy, engineering manager, Bridgestone, Firestone, uh, motorcycle, cart, passenger, light truck, uh, government products, basic tire construction, uh, Bridgestone Americas. He has done motorcycle tire construction and compounding for Bridgestone Japan, vehicle dynamics for Bridgestone Canada, commercial truck tire development and testing for Bridgestone Americas. Um, man has done race tires, which is, is really, this was the latest thing I just found out about him. And I'm a huge yeah. racing fan. Um, I'm, I'm a huge Formula One fan and, and Phil's a huge NASCAR fan. So we may at some future point just do a racing tire show, um, depending on how much we geek out on this. Um, but one of the, one of the really impressive things, TJ, and then I'm, I'm going to like turn it over to you here and, and roll this was as I was going through your CV and I'm, I'm reading the research and testing, it says tire failure analysis and, and technical during Firestone Ford recall. And I'm guessing that's where the Fords were rolling over and they were blaming the, the, for, the Firestone tires, um, that you documented the analysis on over 300,000 tires. Woo. Those, that's just the ones that were documented. Uh, the undocumented, I probably looked at and touched a million tires easily that's, during my, my career. That's unbelievable. I mean, that's, that's just, that's <laughs> cra- like, I mean, I, dude, I've, I've done thousands of crashes. So you figure I've, I've probably looked at, I'm probably closing in on 3000 crashes now. 
but even at that, I mean, you've only got eight tires per crash typically. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm nowhere even close to you. Like, and I thought that was a lot of tires I've looked at. <laughs> oh. well, back then uh, we used to go to the dealers. Uh, the dealers would hold any recall tires, any tires for adjustment, any tires that failed, any, t- any tire that had any problem the deal was held. And we actually went to the dealers, which I enjoyed because I got to know the dealers I got to teach the dealers about tires. And back then, during the Ford Firestone recall scenario, I, when every dealer had about 2,000 tires, every dealer. And during the course of a week, you would go through, even if you didn't travel, just the tires that were shipped in. To, back then, uh, my office was in Grand Prairie and now Roanoke, which is which it still is. My, not my office, but where I worked in central U.S. engineering, uh, 2,000 tires a week. And you got to look at in 50 weeks, because I only had two weeks of vacation. That's 100,000, man. I mean, that's that's a lot of tires. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And the recall went on for years. As a matter of fact, if you have a tire now and you send it in, they will take it in on adjustment, even though it's over. But that that was that way for probably five or six years. When Not, I started my uh, my career and uh, they were very intense on training. But after they realized that I knew so much about motorcycle tires because we were getting those in, and they didn't really have a motorcycle tire expert in North America. I got involved with that. And then the really cool boss that I had at the time got me involved into uh, commercial tires and testing development, commercial tire failure. So I, I had an attorney ask me one time in a deposition, he said, so you've looked at over 300? I said, yeah, documented, but probably five times that actual analysis. And he says, well, how many commercial? I said, man, I, I couldn't tell you, probably 150, 200,000 just on the commercial side. I said, but you know, you, you gotta break that up into whether it's a steer drive trailer, and then is it radial or biased? How do you wanna break it up? <laughs> Yeah. Dang on. So, so real, real quick, I just, I, I got to share this story and then I, I have some actual specific questions for you, but okay, you may appreciate this as a tire guy, Phil. I don't know if you will. Phil's weird. It's hard to know what he appreciates, but Remember when um, I, said I hated Eric. So <laughs> I think you say that every show, um, I but, you know, just we're actually, I'm just going to include that in the description <laughs> of the Rex the text podcast. We'll just put it out there. Um, but no, so my dad, so my, my dad was the regional manager for Firestone and uh, managed a bunch of the stores all over the region. And uh, man, I still remember my favorite thing growing up was the smell of those tires. I loved going to the warehouse and man, just smelling that brand new, the brand new rubber. Oh man, it just, it smelled so good. I don't know why. It's my that's wife, a weird thing to remember, but. <laughs> my wife didn't like that. The first thing I had to do was take my clothes off and take a shower when I got home when I first started. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it's not a bad thing if your wife's asking you to do that. Right? I kind of wish my wife would do that when I got home. <laughs> that is the smell of money, guys. I got to tell you, when you're shipping 45,000 tires a day out of almost each warehouse, that is a, a lot of rubber coming in and out of there. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So, all right. So this begs the question because up until we started talking and, and really I started engaging with you on, on one of our websites that you and I were, were mutual members of, and you had posted a question about some tire marks that you saw on a road and, and it caused a, a rollover. I believe it was. Um, and so I, I dove into this with you because I commented on the picture 
gave my two cents. Um, and I still hold that I was right. I think I, you said I was sort of right. But I hold <laughs> that I was right. So um, <laughs> you gave him no, two so, cents and he gave you change. He did. He gave me change <laughs> back. Like he, he kept about maybe half a cent and then gave me the rest of it back. So yeah. And, uh, but no. So this begs the question, like I never really realized thinking, and I think a lot of attorneys don't realize that there is such a thing as just a specific tire expert. Because up until this point, if, if me and Phil, and we were just talking about this, if, if I would have had a, a tire failure in a case, I probably would have told the attorney to call an engineer. Like just, I didn't know any better. So I, I love the fact that I have met you. And, and so just for all the attorneys in layman's terms, what is a tire expert? Wow. Uh, a tire expert is not a reconstructionist, period. Cut and dry. A tire expert does not have to be an engineer. Because to, to be a tire expert, and, and I'll give you some examples. Uh, usually when we have a case or something and some guy obviously on the other side presents himself or maybe even herself as a tire expert, the first thing I do is read their CV because if they've got, a, and most of them have PhDs and all this other, what I call fluff, because it is fluff. Yeah. Uh, the, the attorneys usually spaz out and they say, oh, he's got a PhD in mechanical engineering, or he teaches at you know MIT or something. And my response is always, so what? Mm -hmm. How many tires has the guy touched? How many accidents has he worked? How many times has he pulled a tire apart to determine what actually happened? The number of, of tire experts that I've come across, including the guys who work for me, that have looked at even 10,000 tires is, in the world is zero. Yeah. So my guys, all of them came from tire companies as engineers or development or testing people or testing tires. And the first thing that they did when I hired them was say, oh, TJ, I, you know, I used to do this for 25 years and I did development. I said, OK, that's cool. Well, I need you to come to my my office because I've got some training tires I want to go through with you. And after three tires, they said, dude, no one has ever told us this kind of stuff before. We have never heard this. We were never trained. I said, well, does it make sense? He said, well, yeah, it makes sense. But nobody ever taught us that. That level of experience you can only get through handling tires, not yeah. just testing, not just development. And when you talk about my history in the tire kingdom, putting my hands on almost every type and category of product that's out there, understanding the vehicles that those products are applied to, understanding how they come apart. And, and, and during the Ford Firestone fiasco, that information that I was able to get will probably never exist with anyone again. Yeah. So when you're looking at 300,000 tires that have come apart, your database of internal knowledge about how a tire fails, and I don't mean just the tire that was on the Ford, I mean any kind of tire, whether it was motorcycle, because everybody started turning in everything. Right. And you get a nail in it, boom, it was in there. That kind of complete holistic tire knowledge doesn't happen anymore. So with my guys, uh, one of them was, you know, a motorcycle tire expert. The other one was a passenger and light truck expert. The other one was a commercial tire expert. We do a ton. We're kind of like the military. And that's one thing I really respect about the military is their level of training. Yeah. 
So when an attorney hires us, we don't go in with a bunch of fluff. If you look at my CV, what's what's it, two or three pages long? I'm yeah, and it's, very, and it's very to the point. It's to the point. We don't screw around. We're the honey badgers. And if you don't know about what the honey badgers do, look up the video because it'll tell you they don't give a crap. All, but all I can all I can word. ever think of whenever somebody talks about a honey badger is the the badger milk from, uh, from the movie <laughs> Deuce Bigelow with uh, <laughs> where yeah, he gets the, the gallon of badger milk. <laughs> But for a tire expert, there are a lot of things you need to look for. And and when an attorney calls a potential uh, tire expert, one of the things they never ask me for is an example of a report. Yeah. Which amazes me. And it's and it's so funny because you're hitting on so many things that me and Phil have talked about now in some previous shows. They, They never Asking for prop, yeah, asking for example reports and stuff. I mean, like, that's they don't that's a, seems like a no brainer. <laughs> well, it's mostly because the attorney isn't a tire expert and they don't know what to ask for. Yeah, one of the other things they need to ask for is you know, these guys put on there where I, I'm an SAE member, you know what that means? Diddly D freaking squat. It means it means they take $77 a year out of my bank account. That's what it means to me. That's all that means. That means <laughs> nothing. Or or uh, I had one had three pages of publications that he's read. What does that have to do with a tire failing in the mm-hmm. field? It has yeah. absolutely nothing to do with what happens when a tire fails in the field. Your level of education has nothing. What the attorney needs to look for, and this is mandatory, there's some things the attorney needs to ask a tire expert for. Number one is, okay, what type of tire failures have you done an analysis on? Have you done motorcycle? Have you done passenger and light truck? Have you done commercial? Have you done ag? Have you done OTR? And then if he or she says, yes, okay, this case involves a commercial steer tire. How many times have you done an analysis on a commercial steer tire? Specifically, they never ask you that. That's number one they need to ask. You know, and that's that's a good, I mean, because me and Phil are both commercial guys from the police field. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you right, uh, the the steer tire is so different than the drive axles. It's very different. Night and day. And those tires are different than a passenger and light truck tire. And those, mm-hmm. that tire is different than a motorcycle tire. So just because a guy worked at a tire manufacturer and he has a PhD in mechanical engineering and he's done testing and development, yeah. that has nothing to do with why a tire fails. So, right. so I guess, let me ask you this. So just, and, and because I don't want to spend a lot of time on the training, cause I want to get to like the meat and potatoes here of what you do and stuff, <laughs> but like what kind of training and how long does it take to become a tire expert? Like if, if somebody claims that they're a tire expert, like what kind of training should they have? Like, should they be an engineer? Should they, should they have a PhD? Should they have no. worked at McDonald's previously? I, like, I don't know. I mean, like what trying to, what should I, they have and how long should it have taken? I, I have one guy who does not have an engineering degree, but he, as if I was to compare him to me for motorcycle tire knowledge and application and uh, disablement and that kind of thing, I would say he's tit for tat for motorcycle. He used to be my competitor. I know him. I was competing with him on the track. So uh, it's not about what your education, it is what you've been exposed to. And that's, that's such, like, honestly, that's such a good, like, that's so relevant in everything with crash reconstruction, because how often do we talk, Phil, about there's no there's no substitution for being on the scene. 
Oh God, no. You know, and that's the same thing with the tires. I mean, there is no substitution for somebody that physically has cut tires apart, takes them apart, looks at them, touches them, feels them thousands, hundreds of thousands of times. And not only that, we are so passionate about what we do. This isn't really a job for us. It's just something that we love to do and we just get paid to do it. Yeah. We have competitors tires that we've cut and buffed down just to see the differences in construction philosophy. Yep. And that's from motorcycle to passenger and light truck to commercial. We've actually went out and jumped into piles of scrap tires and brought these tires back to our office to use as training materials to educate ourselves, to get, educate people like you guys, and to understand what the differences are on a micro and a macro level. Yeah, you guys are like as big a geeks as me and Phil are. Oh, we're ridiculous. I'm telling you, you know what? You'd be like, I didn't know that a hundred thousand times. Right. But the biggest thing also, one of probably the biggest thing that you need with any expert, not just a tire expert, is how and I'm I'm passionate because I love what I do, but how passionate is the freaking guy about what he does? Yeah, absolutely. Because it, and it's like when I would go to these marketing events at the tire manufacturer and we had a marketing guy and we'd be talking about a tire that I tested and developed and approved. And he'd get up there on stage to our dealers and say, oh, let me tell you guys about this new tire. It comes in 27. So- <laughs> what what the hell? I think me and Phil know that guy. I think we know him. <laughs> and I'd get up there with yeah. the next group and, I'm, and I'd be like, guys, I can't wait to tell you about this tire that I tested last week. It's freaking awesome. That you cannot train that. Right. Exactly. You can't teach that. That guy either has that or he doesn't. If he doesn't have that passion, I'm going to tell you right now, he can't freaking work for me. Yeah, I can train him or her and what they need. But that passion is important because when you when when I go through a deposition, the attorney on the other side understands there is no way in hell I'm going to let that guy in front of a jury. Yeah, well, and that's it, because even if they do, though, I mean, like that passion, like you said, it's something that you can't train. And it's something that a jury is going to recognize. Like a jury is going to pick up on that 10 times out of 10. They are going to be all over that. And when they see that passion, they're thinking, wow, I want to hear what he's got to say. Not saying the other guy is not knowledgeable, but if he's one of those monotone drone voice engineers, and you guys know the ones I'm talking about, who wants to listen to that? Yeah. For three hours. Yeah, I know. Why do you think I don't talk to Phil for three hours? Exactly. <laughs> Feels freaking awesome, man. <laughs> but uh, the guy, the, the person has to have passion. The attorney needs to ask them if they've done an analysis on the specific type of tire that was involved in that accident. And I need to see some reports of similar accidents to this one to determine what your skill set is or how good your report writing skill is. They never, I have to suggest that to every attorney that we work with because not because they don't care, most of them have never seen a guy like me, a tire expert. They didn't, most, some of them didn't even know I existed because we don't advertise. Yeah. But when they do see me, they're like, holy cow, man. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then we have to decide if we're even going to take the case. Yeah. 
Yeah. So let me ask you this then, because you, you brought up, you know, asking them for a report. So just out of curiosity and, you know, again, you, you, we got enough questions. I, I kind of want to get out of you. So I don't want to spend a ton of time, but can you give us an example of just uh, uh, probably like the, I don't know, an example of the most interesting case that you've worked uh, oh, man. For, for, for an attorney where, where the tire analysis like was the pivotal piece of the case. Oh God, that's that's a great question. And I'm so excited to tell you about this. And it happened again recently that we're right. talking the test. And I got a call from Australia, from Sydney, from the Southern Australian police. And there was uh, a commercial vehicle that had uh, the driver said the tire blew and then he ran off the road. The vehicle caught fire and burned up literally everything. All the evidence was burned. And so the driver thought he was going to be scot-free because everything was burned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I had just come from Australia teaching a tire forensics class. And of course, they called me and said, hey, we're going to send you some pictures. And most of the cases we work If the pictures, I cannot express how important good pictures are. I cannot express how important that is. Sounds familiar, huh, Eric? (laughs) Yeah, right? I was like, I swear, I I swear I've just heard this on our podcast somewhere. (laughs) So So if you don't don't like the police reports where you get six black pictures and the one blurry one of just the police lights in the middle of the night. (laughs) Can you see the smoke coming out of my ears? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Or or recently sent me pictures on a PDF. Seriously? Come yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. I get, we get those quite a bit where they're scanned onto a PDF and send me that. And I'm like, that, that's of no use. Yeah. That's it's 2020. Yeah. Like, come on. So with this, okay, yeah, so, they send, so they send you pictures. <laughs> they send me pictures and they sent me the police report. And, you know, I got to say to the officers that listen to your show, Hey guys and gals, take your time and dot the I's and cross the please. Because almost every report I look at, there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. Almost everyone, and it's, you know, I understand they're busy. They may have traffic. Stop, stop, slow down, and and do it the right way. But right, anyways, I'm not gonna. Lie. I'm just gonna be honest. You're making yourselves look dumb when your reports get out here to the rest of us. So when, if when you're they, okay with your reputation being looking foolish, then I guess keep rushing. But otherwise, they, yeah. When they get that call from me saying, hey, uh, this is TJ Tennant. Do you know who I am? When the conversation starts out that way, your report's all jacked up. <laughs> right. I'm just going to I'm just going to They don't even take my calls anymore. <laughs> yeah. But uh, in this particular case, uh, everything burned up and they took really good pictures of what was left of the tire. Fortunately, it was a commercial truck tire and commercial truck tire body plies are made of steel. So the steel was there. And because of the way that the steel body plies were arranged on the rim and on the ground, I could tell that the tire did not blow out. And that term is really interesting because when a tire blows out, the body plies, the internal components blow away from the center of the tire. They blow away from the tire, not toward the tire, not around. They blow away. None of the body plies were blown out on this tire. So also on the road, there were no gouges from the rim. There was no rubber and metal shrapnel from the tire blowing out. So we were able to prove that the tire did not blow out. It, the guy actually just went to sleep and drove the vehicle off the road. 
Oh, this is the case that I commented on. Yeah. Okay. And, and but there was another one very similar to that that happened recently, but this tire actually blew out and it burned up. And the accident, the expert on the other side thought, you know, well, you know, I don't know, I don't know this TJ guy, but you know, he's not going to be able to tell what happened. Bull crap. <laughs> I am going to be able to tell. Challenge what accepted. <laughs> <laughs> So with that particular tire, when the body plies are not arranged neatly, like when you comb your hair, when you're fresh out of the shower or you got grease in your hair, when they look like that, no blowout. But they were all mixed, mashed like spaghetti that you put in a plate. Yeah. That is evidence that something has failed within the body uh, construction of that particular tire. So we're on both occasions. Uh, we were able to tell what happened and the cases actually didn't go to court. We didn't even go to deposition or anything. They just said, holy crap, man. Uh, we Even we understand what he's saying. So we're, we're just going to pay. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about that, TJ, is that you've got two perfect examples, one claiming a blowout proven not to be, and one clearly there's a failure. So you can actually overlay those on top of one another and say, this is the difference. Here it is. It's tangible. We work with the attorneys and our clients to try to get that information to use to train people uh, like you guys, reconstructionists, other tire experts. I don't care. I will give away all my information. And the when somebody asked me once, why are you training everybody and giving away all your secrets? I'm like, I'm going to give away all the ingredients to my secret sauce so that when they get to a situation and the tire did fail, they know then whether or not they know enough to be the tire export uh, expert or they need to call a tire yeah. expert. That's why I do that, because there yeah. are going to be some intricate details that they will not be aware of because they are not tire experts. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you that. So how hard is it to determine a tire failure? Like, is this something like that I could just like walk up to the vehicle, like take two seconds, and be like, eh, yeah, that looks like a tire failure. Because I feel like that's how most inspections are done now. (laughs) They shouldn't be. (laughs) Uh, It it depends. Each each case that we've done, they've never been two the same. Uh, That's interesting. Tires Tires fail for three basic reasons. Workmanship and materials, which is the rarest, meaning something was done incorrectly at the factory. It was put together... I feel like that's like your big money one because that's going to bring up a product liability suit then. If you can find one, and I cannot express how rare. I have one tire in my collection of training tires that is a factory-related tire failure, and that tire is insured, believe okay. it or not, because right. of the rarity of that. So, so for all the attorneys listening to this show – if you have a case where you believe it is a product failure, a workmanship problem on a tire, contact TJ after the show uh, because he will want that tire. <laughs> I will want. I will buy it from him if I have to. Just oh, to dang! Use to, to, to I know I'm going to the scrapyard tonight. <laughs> yeah, they're hard to find. Uh, the The other two reasons are uh, number one, which is probably the most. Well, some well, these two are about 50-50. One is in-service operation, lack of maintenance. They didn't rotate them. They didn't check the air pressure. They had the wrong tire on the wrong rim. They had the, the, the wrong air pressure in the tire, or they had a tire that wouldn't hold enough load. 
uh, to carry the load. So that's in service. And then the last one, which is also pop by popular demand, <laughs> is a, a road hazard. And that can be an impact brake or puncture. Usually with the impact brakes, those are a little more complex because an impact brake, for instance, if you hit a pothole and the tire comes apart and fails and is disabled because of that impact, everybody expects that. But what most people don't understand is that you can do internal damage to that tire. And then over time, accumulatively, especially if you're in a hot state like in Arizona or Texas or Florida, especially in Florida and Louisiana, where you got a lot of humidity in southern Texas, a couple of weeks, a couple of months later, that tire will come apart and you didn't you haven't hit anything and it just appears the tire failed. And that's what a lot of people get confused with. Hey, it must be factory related because I didn't hit anything. But you did hit something, it just took some accumulative damage before that tire came apart. And we can look at the tire and determine if it came apart from a recent impact or impact over time. Wow. Wow. That's like, that's man, that's like FBI level stuff. Like, that's, <laughs> that's crazy. I didn't realize that. I'm yeah. sitting here. I think I think I heard Phil's pen click. That means he's taking notes from things you're saying during the. Uh... <laughs> I, actually, I actually did. And I took it, Eric, on. I won't hold it up. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. So, okay. So you, we hit on this a little bit. So like I said, the, the way that we, we had met really was, was that um, Australia case that you were just talking about with the guy who was claiming the tire blowout and went off the side of the road. Yeah. And so I approached that. My comment that you said was sort of right. And you sort of alluded, alluded to it here was I said it was not a tire blowout because I went reconstructionist mode. And so I went, there were no gouges, scrapes on the roadway. Yeah. And, and it was freshly paved. Yeah. Uh, and there was no of the, like flat tires leave pretty distinct tire marks on the road. They don't, Without a doubt. Straight, they kind of wobble and, and walk all over. Yeah. Um, and so that was my answer. And you said, well, you're sort of right but you didn't, you didn't analyze the tire and, and the, the, you know, steel inside the tire and everything else. So I was like, okay, so I, so I, yeah, I gave you two cents. I got a penny back. So, <laughs> um, but so that brings a good point because on that case there, I would say, here you go. I presented some, some roadway analysis to say it, it wasn't a tire failure. And then you really hammered the case home. So how, like, uh, how, closely do you work with reconstructionists then like how would that bolster an attorney's case oh man with a reconstructionist we are all up that reconstructionist tail to not and most reconstructionists uh we're referred mostly by reconstructionists or state patrol and if that reconstructionist gets us on his or her case they are tied to us they uh they and, and and it's really interesting because they want to learn Mm-hmm. which I didn't expect uh, from reconstructionists. I said, well, they're doing their thing. They're probably not going to No, they are right there. We had a case that I worked with a reconstructionist not a few months ago, and it was a multi-vehicle accident. And of course, they had their tire expert, everybody, there were three or four tire experts there, including me. And it was interesting because one tire expert shows up with a white shirt, khakis and shoes. And immediately I pointed him out and they knew who I was. And I told the reconstructions, I said, okay, he's basically bull crap. And he said, well, how do you know? I said, you think that freaking guy is going to get dirty today? I said, right. look at how I'm dressed and look at how he's dressed. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No he tire has- guy will ever wear a white shirt. No, no tire. Indeed. I don't own a 
freaking white shirt. <laughs> right. Even with my suits, I don't own one. Maybe cow print or something like that so that the black just kind of blends in. Exactly. Or maybe some, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> you almost got me in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there was another, but, you know, and when I, when I show up, there are little things that I can tell if a tire expert is really a tire expert, which we haven't really come across. I, I know maybe two globally. Yeah. Well, and and so came, you've actually, you've inspired a change on our website because I, I listed it as tire expert services. And now I'm just going to tire analysis because I'm like, you know, we can go out and analyze what condition the tire's in, but I'm nowhere near your playing field. So I'm just, I'm changing that whole that whole yeah. thing on our website. Cause I don't even, you know, I don't even want to claim to be a tire expert after getting to talk to you for five minutes. If you claim to be a tire expert and go up against me or one of my guys, we are going to bloody you up, man. Yeah. And you're just going to make us gonna, look dumb. And it's, I'm going to, I'm going to purpose. I am going to come in there with the purpose of destroying you. Yeah. And, and, I, and I'm not, I'm not joking now. I am serious. I am going to destroy you because it is expensive to hire someone like me or someone on my staff. Yeah. So yeah. when we show up, I want our client to get their freaking money's worth. Yep, absolutely. And if you're perpetrating, when I see on a guy's website, because we periodically go in and just Google tire expert and see how many idiots are out there trying to say they're a tire expert. <laughs> and and I mean, they're idiots because when they go up against us, they realize how to cow ate the cabbage pretty freaking quick. Yeah. I mean, before we ever get to the deposition. I like that saying. Bill, write that down. How the cow ate the cabbage. I'm your cow that. eats cabbage. When we come <laughs> and we're doing a joint analysis, they know right then they're out of the league, if nothing else, just from the type of tools that I'm using versus the tools that they're using. Yeah. And so you guys are going to tune in on the next episode because th those are some of the things that we're going to dive into is some of the tools and techniques and stuff like that. Um, so let me ask you this then so that the attorneys know. Um, do you, do you have to work with a reconstructionist? Um, is, are you an added expense or are you able to work a case if they think they just have a tire case? Um, you know, I, like have, I have worked some cases alone that are obviously, you know, we were able to handle. Motorcycle cases are actually pretty easy to work. Uh, uh, and some cases where, you know, it was an impact or something, but that rarely happens because uh, we rely on the reconstructionist to refer us. So the reconstructionist is already there. Okay. So uh, as I was saying earlier, this particular reconstructionist, uh, and, and there are little things that you can tell if somebody's really a tire expert. Here's one. If you have to weigh the vehicle and these people came out with portable scales, and this was in Florida, they were going to weigh the vehicle on the sand with portable scales. Mm. <laughs> I think Freaking that was idiots, man. Isn't that how we weigh our semis? You're fine weighing it on a, on sand, right? I will not weigh tire, anything but solid asphalt or concrete. Sand exactly. or big hill? It's fine. The other it's tire fine. experts didn't say anything. And I'm like, these guys are idiots. They're wasting. Yeah. I can't wait to smoke. I think that case got resolved. They didn't want to mess with it. But <laughs> I, can I mean, why. that, you know, you got to weigh it on a flat, smooth surface to get accurate weights. And then I said, we got to take the tires off the rim. And the, and the other experts said, why? And I'm like, are you kidding me? You have to look at the end. You have to take a holistic view of tire failure. You, I can't tell what happened without confirming it with a view of the inner liner of the tire, which yeah. is part of the process. But it was funny because the reconstructionist was there. I had him take the tires off the rims. Everybody runs over and I'm sitting there drinking a soda. And the reconstructionist <laughs> says, you're not going to go get 
get in. I said, let's let them get out of our way. Yeah. And then watch what happens when we look at the tire. The tires, these were pretty big tires. There's commercial accident. They never picked the tires up. They never looked at the side that was on the ground. They never looked at the interior of the tire. None of them had chalk to mark the tire up. So they got done and I said, you ready? And he goes, yeah. I said, come on, let's go show them how to do this. And we got chalk marks all over the tire and on there. And they're trying to take pictures. And he goes, are you going to let them take pictures? I said, they don't even know what they're freaking taking pictures of. Yeah. That's crazy. We put marks on there that show what direction the tire was rotating, whether it was inboard or outboard, what side was outboard, what side was inboard. And one of the things that we teach reconstructionists, uh, I was doing a case once and the guy brought the tires to the attorney's office off the vehicle. And I said, did you mark the wheel location? And the guy said, well, no, you're the tire engineer. You show me. I said, no problem. Let me show you what freaking location each tire came off of. You freaking nut. Yeah. Oh, man. I I teach people how to determine what wheel position the tire came from. And once you understand the principles and the physics of that, you're like, oh, now I can do that with any tire. You're right. You can do that with any tire. But that's not the stuff that's taught. And the tire industry or in college, that is stuff going back to hands-on where Mm -hmm. my guys are getting that experience from me from things that they've never been exposed to, never heard of before. And even the way that the process of how we do the analysis, they they didn't learn. And these guys spent 25 and 30 years in the tire industry. Man. All right. So let me ask you that because we're actually, we're, we're starting to run up against our clock here for the end of the the episode. Oh man. I know. Right. But that's why we're going to do a part two. And then, you know, I'm sure we're going to have high enough demand that we're going to get you probably back on here again at, at some point. So, um, but, but this is kind of the, the, the big question I, I wanted to get out um, for the, for the attorneys. So what are some of the, like the keywords or the phrases or like the terms that if they start seeing these in an expert's report, like either a reconstructionist engineer, whatever, if they start seeing some of these things, what are some of those that like, it should set off alarm bells in their mind that like, we need to call a tire expert. Uh, If you have a tire expert and when he talks about the sidewall of the tire and he's talking about uh, something, an anomaly on the tire, like the clock, like the a clock face. He's saying between three o'clock and four o'clock. That's he doesn't know what the crap he's doing. I almost said something else. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it coming, but you held I back. I was like, oh man, we're gonna have to blur his mouth and beep you it were, out. You came close. You came close. <laughs> you start at the the DOT at zero, uh, and you have to. Uh, also state, because DOTs are on both sides, but one side is a full DOT, the other side is only a partial DOT. It will not have the date portion on there. It won't have the week and year the tire was made on that opposite side. You always start on the full DOT side facing you, and you look circumfront, uh, circumferentially around the tire, and you start at zero, and you go in degrees up to 360 degrees. You don't say it's 5.30 to 8 o'clock. What the hell is that? (laughs) 5.30. You say, okay, from 90 degrees to 180 degrees, that's where the damage is. That is clear to everyone, even a jury. Yeah. 
So that's how, if he's a real, I can't tell you how many people claim to be tire experts that don't do that. And that's common sense. Yeah. I tell you, my, my key word now is just anybody that if they even say the word tire in a report, I'm going to tell the attorney I'm working for like, Hey, we need to call, we need to call TJ. He said the word, he said the magic word tire. (laughs) But there are, there are also some other things. If they don't look at the bead and determine if there's over deflection or under deflection or, uh, uh, bead deformation, then you don't have a tire expert. That guy doesn't know what he's doing. If he doesn't look at the inner liner of the tire and in reference to everything else on the tire, if he never takes the tire off the wheel, fire him right then. Just don't even go any further. <laughs> well, and I was going to say, so I am, I'm so curious. So yeah, guys, you've you got to tune into the next episode because I'm going to ask a question in the next episode that even like you posed it like of possible things that, that we could talk about. And I told Phil, I'm like, dude, I have no clue what he's going to say for this. Like, I want to ask you because I'm so curious what the answer is. So I can't wait to ask this question in the next episode. Um, but yeah, so guys, listen, I, I want to wrap this up because it, it like we, we've actually cruised right past our, uh, our length of our episodes, um, which is okay because we have learned a ton like TJ, man, this, this has been hands down my favorite episode that we filmed, especially oh, I didn't have to put up with just Phil for 30 minutes. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, yeah, so man, I just, I wanted to thank you so much, uh, for anybody that's listening Guys, if you want to get a hold of TJ, um, I'm going to put a direct link right on the on the Crash Tech website to him. Um, so that, and who knows? I mean, maybe you know we can talk after the show. But uh, if if you'll allow me, I'm under our tire analysis section. I'll just man, I'm I may just put you in there <laughs> and just say you know what, I'm out and put uh, my contact information on there. And we're yeah. pretty generous with what we give away. Yeah, as and as, uh, uh, information. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to make sure that uh, the contact information for you and your firm is uh, also attached to this show. So if you guys are listening to this, go find this show's post on Facebook. Um, And TJ's contact information is going to be on there as well, uh, for especially for coming on here. So Well, everyone, that's going to wrap it up for the day. As always, jump over to Facebook and make sure you follow and join Crash Tech, the Expert Angle Group. Also, if you want to leave us feedback, have an idea for a show, or would like to be on a future show, head over to crashtechexpertangle.podbean.com and click the link on the right that says contact the show. The form will come up put anything that you want right in there. If you want more information on expert consulting services or training, visit us online at www.crashtechreconstruction.com. And finally, if you're a PI attorney, make sure you request to join the Crash Site Facebook group. Or if you're a defense attorney, make sure you request to join the Crash Site Defense Facebook group. Neither site contains any ads or spam. It's just a private community that brings experts from all different areas together with attorneys to collaborate or ask questions. So again, guys, thanks for tuning in. And remember, always leave your accident victims better off than you found them because at the end of the day, everything we're doing is for them. 